At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I speak with Anne Britton, an Australian outback photographer who takes stunning pictures of animals, landscapes, stars, and more. We talk about her life in the outback, what it's like living in a very small town with a population of 301 people, and much more. Please enjoy. We have an amazing community at photographycourse.net where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, join photography contests, and much more. In our community, you'll also find a 52-week project that will provide you with weekly educational videos and challenges to help you improve your skills on a regular basis. This is an amazing opportunity for you to not only enhance your skills, but also grow your network and have a wholesome experience as a photographer. We're so inspired by the amazing photographs that our members post every day. When you join our community, you'll be able to make new friends and share your progress with a passionate group of people. None of this would be possible without our members' support, so we're very grateful. In order to keep things running, we're offering exclusive membership plans that will give you access to every part of our community and our premium courses. Use the discount code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD to get 50% off your first year as a member. Go to photographycourse.net slash join and use the code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD without any spaces to claim your discount. Hi, Anne. Welcome to Great Big Photography World Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. G'day there, Taya. Thank you so much for asking me. This is just really special. My name's Anne Britton, and I live in Outback Australia, Outback Queensland, a state of Australia, and the shire I live in is Bulya. And to give you an idea of space, I suppose, the Shire is 61,000 square kilometres and my photography basically is the landscape around us and that's um, daytime and nighttime. I like taking 
photos of local events as well. And um, with my drone, I have a different interpretation, I suppose, of what I've been photographing for decades, I suppose. So, yeah, that's um, that's me, my location. Very exciting. I rarely come across people who take the kinds of photos that you do, also known as outback photography. So if someone isn't familiar with this genre, how would you describe it? The challenge I find even now is there's so much light, which is just a challenge in itself. And it's amazing to try and explain that to people. And they, once you start explaining it, they realise because there's so much space out here, because it's so flat, there's hardly any hills or anything like that. No, definitely no mountains. It's just so flat. There's so much sky and there's so much landscape that there's a lot of light. And that in itself is a challenge when you're taking photography because I like to make, I like to take photos and I like my challenge is the light and I'd like to let people feel the photography. I like to make my challenges if someone says, oh, it feels like I'm standing there or it feels like I'm there. And that to me is just icing on the cake. That's exactly what it, I want it to do. I want it to be as natural as Mother Nature is showing me is what I want to show the people. I don't do that much fiddling around. Um, I try to make it look as true as what I can see it because it's absolutely, totally amazing. It's probably the same area over and over, but it's just every day there's different light because there could be clouds, there could not be clouds. The more cloud that you have or even just a hint of cloud with the amazing skies that we have, and the different colours, the different colours between summer and winter. It's magical all the time. That's my challenge. That's my genre, I suppose. It's my therapy as well. I just have to grab my camera and walk outside my door, which I think is an absolute total blessing in itself. Or I can walk around outside or like at the moment we've got pelicans visiting, which we don't normally have because we've had a great season so there's um, water still in the lagoon just the different animals there are around or I can jump in a car and I can travel up to 100 kilometers no worries at all and um, just drive around in the landscape and there's especially in the dawn or the dust periods where the light is is just magical and if there's cloud it's even better so yeah it's and it's just you're just out there and it's therapy because you've just forgotten about everything else and you're in the zone and you're in nature and it's it's wonderful. It's really, it's great. It's magical. And the fact that I can share it on social media, which I normally do, and I like the photo to tell a story and I can either add words to that to be more explanatory about where I'm taking it, why I'm taking it, if it's anything to do with our, if because we have a cattle business as well, if it's anything to do with that, I like to explain it. I like this, the photo basically to tell the story of why I t took the photo and maybe write poetry to it as well and people either connect to it 
because they've actually been in the outback or they can connect to it and feel that they're here. And if it makes people come and have a look at it for themselves, all the better. Just come out and have a look. It's it's your backyard if you're in Australia and if you're blessed enough to travel, come out and have a look because it's just magic and every day is, every day is different basically because of the light. That's really exciting. Thank you for such a vibrant description. I really, I was there when you were describing the Outback and I think it's such an amazing opportunity for you to express yourself in different ways. As you said, sometimes you write poetry for your photos. Sometimes you drive 100 kilometers. So you have so many opportunities to be creative and to show the beauty of the Outbacks in Australia to other people, which is something that a lot of people, they don't even know about this. And I myself wasn't aware of it until I came across your work. So truly amazing. And I love your perspective on the landscape as well. I think a lot of people feel that in order to take good photos, you need to constantly be traveling. But in your case, you find beauty in the everyday and you find something new to photograph, even if you are in the same place every single day. And that's also a great skill and very inspiring. So thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah. You moved to the Outback when you were 15 years old. When did you discover your love for this photography genre? What was it like for you to realize that you enjoyed taking photos in the Outback? I think as soon as I moved, I grew up in the city basically because that's where my dad worked from. But every school holiday or weekend, I was on a little farm, a little family farm. And both my parents come from farms. So that was sort of in my blood. So when I moved to the middle of Australia, everything was new. I was what they say is green as grass. Everything was new to me and it was fascinating. And I had a little Instamatic camera and I felt that every photo that I was taking was history because I love looking at old photos as well and the old photos tell a story. And every photo I was taking was history we want this moment again. It will never look exactly the same again. The ways we work in the outback will be different. So the photos I was taking I felt was history as well as being able to back then. Uh, there was no social media. So I could take the photos when I went home and, you know, show my families and then friends. And it would, again, the photo would explain it a lot better than myself telling the story with the photo made it even better so yeah that was where my love of photography came from and uh, every time I moved I spent two two years in the middle of Australia and I moved around with my job and everywhere I went was different the people were different the characters the landscape was different so I basically grew from there taking photos to tell a story and every photo was history basically every time you snapped your camera it's it's a history moment and even today you take photographs with passion and you really love what you do and on your website you say that not a day goes by when Anne doesn't take a photograph how do you prioritize photography in your life and what advice would you give to photographers who want to take photos regularly I think as I said before it's sort of like therapy for me we do a lot of book work. I do a lot of office work with with our cattle business. I volunteer as well and that takes in 
it, with community stuff. So that takes in emails and communicating with people as well. And so just to get outside, just to get in the sun, I love just grab my camera and like I might look out the window and there might be butterflies or the magpies are doing something different or there's a dragonfly out there and it's just an excuse to get outside and experiment, take some photos, be in nature basically. And, yeah, as I said, it's it's a therapy. If you're taking a photo, I feel, I just love the fact that people take photos. It doesn't have to be professional. It doesn't have to be, you know, all the tick all the boxes and all the guidelines and everything. If If you take a photo and you love that photo, well, it doesn't matter if anybody else loves it or they don't like it at all. It's the fact that you've taken the photo and you love it and it, and it's basically telling something that you enjoyed. You took a photo of something you you liked, you enjoyed. Maybe you take your camera and you take photographs of family gathering even, family snaps. People should take more photos of, of their loved ones so that they have them. You know, your pets, um, yeah, your home, inside your home. Yeah, just... I just think it's great that people take photos. If they use an iPhone or they use a camera, I just think it's wonderful because, as I said, it's just history. It's You're probably never going to, unless it's some sort of still life, you're basically never going to see that moment again. I agree with you. I think it's really special to take photographs no matter what camera you use and no matter what you're photographing. For me, yeah. I often use my smartphone camera to take photos of things in my home, maybe something that my family and I made together or just my setup because everything always changes as you said yes and sometimes when I look back on those photos I'm like okay this is what I had on my desk at the time it's really interesting and it brings up specific memories it's a really nice experience and so when you combine that with your families or friends then that's even more special because you have those historical let's say moments in your life that you have with you permanently and you took those pictures. So it's a beautiful gift, I believe, to be a photographer. And I like your perspective on this as well. I think it's very special. And yeah, even if you're a beginner or even if you don't make money from photography, it doesn't matter. You just have to enjoy it. And you have to love what you do. Yeah, exactly. Some of your exactly. subjects are animals and so they are a big part of your portfolio. A lot of people struggle with animal photography because you can't guide your models. You have to be very patient with them. What does your approach to animal photography look like? I suppose I'm very lucky because I live where I live. And so over the years, you get to know that, again, it's a challenge. Eagles, I love eagles, emus. And I suppose you have to know the characteristics of the animal. Magpies in my garden, birds in general. The pelicans, the glass, the corellas, you know, I suppose you need to know the nature of them to understand, like, is an eagle going to wait around for you to take the photo or is he just going to fly away? Or same with the emus, you've got to come across them at a certain, you know, are they going to stand there and be curious? They can be very, very curious animals and come right up to you and that's an experience in itself. Lizards. There's lots of snakes, but you've got to be very careful about that as well. So I suppose it's getting to learn the nature of the animal and I'm lucky enough to be in the position where I might have another opportunity to take that photo because of where I live. 
But again, it's a challenge. And if you are inquisitive enough or patient enough or whatever, sometimes you just have to sit there and wait for the animal to come along. With my drones, the eagles like to attack them, but the galahs and the corellas and the flock pigeons, they actually will fly with the drone and they won't crash into it, which is pretty exciting when you're flying around in amongst a flock of corellas or couple of hundred or 200 corellas and and your drones in amongst it It makes it for some really interesting footage but it's all to do with time as well I try to make time for my photography because it does take time so and some days like today it was really gusty winds and you can't fly the drone so you've got to pick and choose what bit of equipment you're going to use at what time and and yeah I suppose it's if you have the opportunity to get to know the animal more is a great a great advantage. There's a great lot of patience in it as well. So taking the opportunity, I suppose. That's great advice. And I love that your drone is friendly, so to speak, with some birds. And I'm sure <laughs> that you get really amazing footage from that. I would love to see that. That's just that's National Geographic level footage, I think. <laughs> I had it had it up the other day and usually normally the hawks um, are curious but don't really bother it. But, um, yeah, I had it up the other day and there was you could see the hawks weren't too happy about having it in their space at all. So um, I thought I, I best land it fairly quickly. So has your drone ever been attacked? Uh, no, I don't. Out here, I normally wear a hat outside. When I'm flying the drone, I don't wear a hat so that I can look above it because that's where you'll see the eagle circling, ready to attack it. So you basically, if you see, I, again, living out here, I, I basically know where there could be eagles, so I try to avoid flying it there. It would be absolutely awesome if you took the challenge to fly with them, but, yeah, they're sort of circling above so they can dive down and grab your drone and it people have got footage in on their drone of eagles doing just that but basically if i see an eagle above my drone it's sort of you you better get home quickly <laughs> yeah yeah that's you have to be intuitive you have to be knowledgeable in that area so it's yeah. like a warning for yeah they're circling right? yeah <laughs> oh that's good to know at least they give you a warning beforehand yeah yeah, they don't, if they, you know, you're just basically intruding in their space. So, yeah, they don't like that too much. Yeah, that's true. You said that you have to be patient when taking photos of animals. You have to really understand them. And I think a big part of your work as well is connected to where you live, your location, as we've already discussed. You live in a small town with a population of 301 people, which I think is absolutely incredible and so unique. A lot of people in big cities yearn to slow down. And as someone who lives in a small town, what tips would you give to those who want to live slowly and enjoy the present moment? I live just outside of town, which might sound a bit silly. I'm only 10 k's out, but yeah, basically we're outside of town. So we're in the suburbs. Um, I can't see any of my neighbours. I think one thing that we don't have out here is traffic. We had camel races a couple of weeks weekends ago and our small town of 301 people expanded to over 4,000. So there was a fair, fair, fair bit of traffic on our roads and 
we have single lane bitumen basically every direction coming into town. So people with their campers and their caravans and it's, um, pardon me, it's a bit bumper to bumper when it, we have 4,000. But I think having no traffic is a huge thing because when you do visit the city, that's something you do notice is that it's just go, 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 go. I think also even though we might have long hours out here, we can still get up, you know, before, before dawn, be working like inside or working outside in the winter that we're having now, the hours, the daylight hours are shorter and summer our summer hours are, are extensive. But, it, again, because of the heat, we work in the morning and work in the in the evenings. But, yeah, basically I think you just have to say, right, time out. Like you just have to make time to just basically if you if there's a park or, or just sit outside in the sun or put your feet on the earth and just connect back with nature, basically. Um, even out here, even with nature just out my back door, that's basically what I do because it, even living out here, with the technology, with what you have to do with your paperwork, with your business side of things. There's lots of things have to be done on time as well, but I don't think we've got the hustle and bustle of our work is in our house, so we work from home or outside in the paddock. So just to slow down, I think you just have to make the time, and, and I think it does you the world of good because everything is just so demanding. Everything is just hustle and bustle and I think you just have to make the time to just sit and be for a while I think because I I just sitting in the sun every day is something that I I get to do basically unless it's overcast or anything like that so I know very much that I'm I feel privileged I'm very grateful to live out here and I'm very grateful to be surrounded by nature but I think nature is the thing that grounds you, basically. If you put your feet on the earth and, and you're grounded back into the earth, I think that's a, a very healing thing uh, and makes you stop to basically smell the roses, I suppose, look around you and see what you can see um, in nature. I think nature is definitely very healing and I'm really happy that you have this opportunity to spend time in nature every day to absorb the sunshine. It's definitely therapeutic combined with photography especially. Yeah, I think everybody can learn from slowing down. Something that I read recently that surprised me was that rest when combined with work in small intervals can actually make you more productive. So instead of working for you know days and days without sleeping or resting properly, if you work and then rest and work and rest, as difficult as it may seem, it can actually help you be more focused. It can make you more intelligent. And that was surprising to me, how important rest is in every person's life. And yeah. I've definitely noticed that in my life as well, especially as a photographer. When you rest, your brain is able to process all the things that you photographed and all the things that you experienced. And when you you know, when you finish resting, go back to taking photos, it's it's eye-opening. It's more refreshing than just taking photos or working endlessly. If I find myself getting a bit dreary or you have to think like you're thinking maybe you're doing your paperwork, 
I usually take a pen and paper and go and sit in the sun and write, basically, with um, pen and paper without typing it out on the computer. I find that even if it's just whatever you want to talk about or you could write something out, I just find that sitting in the sun, having the sun on your face and pen and paper in hand, whether it's poultry or whether it's a bit of a story or whether it's a handwritten note to a friend, I find that like time out, you zone out. Other than doing photography, it's just a bit different. I like that you combine writing with photography. What is the inspiration behind your poetry? Do you find inspiration from the photo that you took or do you write a poem before you even take a photo? It's either or. Sometimes I can see something that I would like to photograph or sometimes I see something and it makes me think of poultry or even telling a story. Since I've been taking photos for so long, my writing has become better. When I first started taking photos, my writing wasn't as good. So that's why I think I took the photo to tell the story or to help me tell the story whereas now it's a combination of the photo and my writing together tells the story or poultry comes from it. And I think that's um, because a lot of people don't understand why we live out here, where we live, what it's like. So it's just good for people hopefully to understand better why we do live out here and just how amazing it is. Our shire might be as big as what I said it was before, but we are only a tiny bit of inland Australia, which makes us a tiny bit of, as we know it, our world, basically. So when you put it in that perspective, it sort of makes you feel like it humbles you, basically, and especially when you take astrophotography that humbles me hugely like I can be outside I can step outside my back door set up my tripod take astrophotography and I can actually just start being that emotional that I start crying because it puts everything like when you look into the finder and you know it's going to be you know you're going to have to process it but even when you look into the finder the viewfinder and you see how many stars that you can actually see with your naked eye even before you process it it's just so humbling that there's this amazing amount of space out there so and taking that photo and putting words with it it's just it's mind-blowing really it's just to me, it's exciting. Like, you know, the stars still stop me in my tracks. Like, I, you're racing around after dark and you've got to do this and you've got to do that and you're walking outside, you've got a torch and you might be going to one of the sheds and as you're walking back, um, you can see the sky and it still stops in me in my tracks because it's just so amazingly crystal clear out here in the outback. And it's just something that you have to look at and you have to admire because it's just phenomenal. And the fact that now I've got 
the camera equipment to actually take astrophotography the way I do. It's just, I just, I love it. It just, <laughs> it's just another another way of um, showing off the outback, I suppose. I can show it off what it looks like in the daytime and I can show it off what it looks like at the nighttime. It's just something that I wish everybody could witness for themselves. The Milky Way is just phenomenal, just amazing. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code podcast to get 50% of your first year as a premium member. It's so vast and seemingly endless. It's just very humbling, as you said, and taking photos of something like that and taking photos well of stars and galaxies is a different skill completely. I know a lot of people are scared of nighttime photography because ISO and manual settings and they're not sure what equipment to use. What advice would you give to photographers who want to get better at astrophotography? Um, I asked a lot of people about it and there's a few apps that you can get that will help you tell you, like even if we have a, a moon out here, it's just it's just too bright. We've got to have new moon or just before or after new moon. So darkness is, unless you want to experiment and you want to have a hint of moon in there, which is really interesting as well. It's just that out here, the moon, even the tiniest slither of moon, it's just so bright. So that's very interesting. To take photos at night time, you ne definitely need a tripod. And there's different ways of taking. You can read. YouTube is very good if you want to. You can read lots. I was doing using a tripod, using the bulb setting as well. I find for the ISO, I think it's about, if you don't want to get it too noisy, it's about 3,600 is a good spot for the ISO. Some people, I think I'm going to go back to taking, I was taking time lapse and there's a good way. There's a, I think it's called the five point rule or something like that. And it, and so that you didn't get, unless you want star trails, it can get very involved. So I was only taking 15 seconds because of the size of my lens, time-lapse photos. But I think I might go back to doing, taking several photos and stacking them on top of each other and doing it that way to get the more sharpness of the stars. So it's just trial and error. And I'm also trying to do panoramas with nighttime, which can be very tricky. So that's, that's a challenge again. And I also think with astrophotography, 
having a full ground is is a lot better than just taking the sky. So having a foreground is interesting. And also you can, um, another interesting thing is if you've got a torch and you've got an object, you can paint the torch while you're taking the astrophotography and that makes a different perspective again. So it's just all trial and error and it's basically what you want because with my other photography, with my daytime photography, I try very hard. I don't play around with it too much. I try to let the camera, because the camera can do the work, I try to let the camera do the work and I don't do much Photoshopping. I do use Lightroom and Photoshop, but it's basically for resizing and maybe doing a little bit of touch-up so that it looks like what I saw. I don't really change colours or anything like that. I just like to make it as I see it and so with the astrophotography a lot of colour is added by the person that takes the photo and I'm trying to experiment and ask people whether they just like the astrophotography as you see it as the stars are white and the sky is black so just so not adding adding the colour into it because you can make it as green or as blue or whatever colour you really like it to be it's it's your personal preference so yeah it's just trial and error but it's so it's so rewarding some people it doesn't excite at all but you definitely need a tripod you definitely need a cable um, shutter release or a wireless shutter release those two things are uh, I would say essential so that there's no, but um, just the will to want to do it. It's just, to me, it's really, really exciting. It's really, it's a lot of fun and really exciting. To the naked eye out here, you can see a lot of stars. It's it's beautiful. I can imagine. I've seen some of your astro photos and I will make sure to share them in our post on the website as well. So make sure to look at that and to check out Anne's amazing photos of nature and especially stars. Our online photography community is a place where you can grow your skills and learn something new every single day. If you want to join conversations like this one and connect with like-minded photographers from across the world, you're in the perfect place. We have a special discount code for our podcast listeners. We're offering 50% off your first year as an extraordinary or limitless member. Go to photographycourse.net slash join to claim your discount with the code greatbigphotographyworld. I like that you take photos during the day and at night and that you have different creative approaches to both times of day because that allows you to explore every aspect of your creativity. Though during the day you don't really edit your photos much, you try to take them naturally, whereas at night you experiment with torches and different um, compositions. I think that's also exciting to have those two sides to photography where you're creative and on the other side where you're a bit more natural or authentic, so to speak. So yeah, I think that's something that some people would maybe be inspired by. I would love to know, because you live in a small town and a lot of photographers as well who are listening probably live in small towns or they feel very isolated. What advice would you give to photographers who cannot find someone to connect with and who feel lonely what are the solutions to that i think social media for me 
has connected me to a lot of photographers. But then again, I I think people should just maybe I'm the last person that should say say this, but I think if you love your photography and it gives you great pleasure, I think you should share it with people regardless, you know, like don't be afraid of criticism and don't be afraid of believing in what you do and it's your photography and if you love it, it doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks as well as connecting with people. It's just nice to connect with like-minded people that take photos. I suppose it's my personality where I love my photography. I love where I live. I enjoy my community very much. I love my community. So I just do my own thing. And if I find somebody that is also does photography and we connect, well, whether they're next, like in a neighbouring shire or whether they're overseas, I've, I've had a great deal of connection through my photography to not only other photographers but, you know, to, to different different ways of life as well. But through my photography, I've connected with a lot of people and it's and it's really been magical in that sense because I know that I live in a remote part of Australia, I suppose I don't expect there to be other photographers and I don't expect there to be connection sort of close at hand. But if I wanted to, I can have that connection, if that makes sense. And I'm quite happy to do what I'm doing the way that I'm doing it and knowing that I can't go to a photo club. Like it would be absolutely, totally amazing if I could, but I, it's been my choice to live where I am. When I was learning astrophotography, I just asked people, how do you do it? What do you do? Get on YouTube, read a lot, listen to a lot of people. If you like somebody else's photos or you've seen the way and I ask lots of questions and then you can experiment yourself and you can go back and ask them again and I suppose that's it's it's your own personality whether you need a lot of connection whereas basically I live out here and I know it's remote and there's not many people around so it's just par for the course I suppose but there's all the opportunity if you want to reach out and connect with people as your podcast shows and your website shows. You can connect with people from all over the world doing different things with photography so you can connect with them as well. That's a great perspective and I completely agree. I think it's so special that we have social media nowadays and that we have control over what platforms we join over who we connect with. I don't think Instagram is necessarily the only place to be. I've heard of so many platforms where only photographers are or specific niche of photographers are. So there are so many options to choose from. And so if anyone is feeling lonely, I hope that you take the time to think about what you are comfortable with sharing online and to be open with that and not to overthink it. And Anne, I really like what you said about loving your work and not worrying about what people will think about it because in my experience when you share your photos and you enjoy the process of sharing then 
you always find people who will connect with that and who will appreciate it for what it is. And yeah. that's also the beauty of the internet. There's so many people, there's bound to be someone who is like-minded or who will connect really well with you. And so there are many opportunities to make new friends and asking questions is definitely a big part of the process, I think. Taking initiative, reaching out to people if that's what you want can help you make a lot of new friends. There's no doubt there's a lot of negatives on social media, but I've found over time there's so much more positive, so much more connection, and it's just, I just hope, like I only found out, well, maybe it was uh, 10, 15 years ago where I basically found enough confidence in myself to say I always thought everybody could take photos and I didn't have that confidence in myself to say, oh, my gosh, you have got an eye and, you, you know, you can take a photo. I just enjoyed what I was doing and I love what I was doing. And if other people enjoyed my photography, I thought that was just, I thought that was great as well. And it always brings out a conversation. A photo always brings out a conversation. You know, someone's got some connection or someone asks a question and I love the fact that people ask questions and I love the conversation that comes with when I post most um, most of my photography on Facebook or Instagram, if it brings out a conversation. I, I, really, I really like that. I like that connection with people. I just hope that people, if they take photos, the fact that they love them, if you love that photo for any what region, even if it's a nothing photo, you know, like, if, but if you love it for a particular reason, don't let anybody take that shine away from you loving that. It doesn't have to be textbook, you know, tickle the boxes, connect with all the guidelines or the rules of photography and all that sort of stuff. If you could, if you take a photo and you love it, We'll just continue to love it no matter what anybody says but because that's that's what photography is about and and share it and basically if you feel confident in yourself say why you love it you know because I'm sure there'll be other people out there that maybe they may not understand but they'll have the respect because you'll you've explained yourself why you love that photo I just think that's special I love that answer. And you said that at some point you thought that everybody or anybody could take a great photograph and you didn't have that confidence in yourself and your own skills. What prompted you to get that confidence? What was that process like? I think it goes back to self-worth. I think self-confidence and self-worth, you know, and, you know, there was times where I just loved a photo that I took and um, I knew it, it didn't tick all the boxes, but I loved it and I continued to love it. I think it was just a case of believing in yourself, believing that, oh, yeah, yep, that's a that's a good photo, you know, whether you just loved it for a reason or it was a really good photo. And then if you build your confidence up and you know what it took to take that photo, you know, you put a lot into that photo or it, took a lot to take that photo as if it was an animal or if it was a moving object or whatever. You know, you had to be there at that time and you made you made the effort to be there at that time to get that light, to get that 
to get that look. You moved yourself. You took it from a different angle. You got down on the ground or you got up high or you just moved around to a different angle and you could see that and you have an eye for it and you just made it look absolutely, totally special. I think the more you do and the more you put yourself out there basically or the more that you put yourself at a different angle or a different perspective and and you try and you know how hard it is to take that photo and you find that confidence and then you put it out there and it, and it's pretty special it's it's nice and of course the the actual story of yourself being in the right place that's a story in itself let alone when you take the photo there's probably a there's um a story in the photo itself as well I like the way you worded that you make every photograph feel special and I think that's also a skill being able to make people feel like they can achieve whatever they want so thank you for sharing that perspective I think it's very unique and I definitely agree with everything you said I think it's very important to believe in yourself and that takes time sometimes and to be courageous enough to admit that you have a good eye to realize that yes I do have talent yes I I do enjoy taking these kinds of photos and I have something to share that can be a scary thing for a lot of people but I think it's really important to listen to conversations like this to hear stories from people like you and to really feel inspired and encouraged to try something different and to leave your comfort zone essentially so thank you for sharing such a motivating thing you could be a motivational speaker <laughs> I really felt something while I was listening to that very TED talk when I was younger, when we were using film camera, my auntie, who's got a very good eye and likes taking photos, she told me if you get one photo per film that is spot on, you know, one. So depending on the size of the film, I think there was 12, 24 and 36, I think. I think I took 36. And I still stick to that rule today. Because the photo, because your camera can take so many photos, you know, sometimes I go out and I take the dawn and it's just there and I don't have to take very many photos at all, which I basically because I've done it before, I know where which angle to stand at and all that sort of stuff. But if you go out there and, and it's like the cloud and the light's changing and, you know, you've got to change your position and all that sort of stuff. And if you take a few photos just and you're, and you're experimenting and all that sort of stuff, if you get one photo in 36 that you think is just wonderful, well, you've achieved something. You know, like practice takes makes perfect. It doesn't mean that every single photo you have to take has to be perfect. Practice makes perfect. And, and then you'll learn. You'll learn from looking at that and you'll say, oh, I like the way that looked or I don't really like the way that looked or, you know, you can be your own judge as well, but don't just don't be too hard on yourself. But just, just put that in mind. You know, if I get one photo out of this, that's why people, I don't do many people photos, but when I do and I understand why, they take so many photos because there's going to be one person that's uh, their eyes shut or one person that's, you know, turning the wrong way or one person that just has it smiled. So hopefully if you take 36 photos of, of the group, 
that's a bit exaggerating, but you might get that one good photo where everybody's looking and everybody's smiling and they're all looking wonderful. So that's just a, an idea about going out and taking taking photos. Just, yeah, practice. And if you get one, that's brilliant. Yeah, celebrating that one photograph is a way to combat perfectionism, I believe, because including myself, I know a lot of people who are perfectionists in photography especially, and you want maybe not every photo to look perfect, but you want many photos to look good. You want to know that you're doing a good job. And it's really frustrating because it's impossible to take good photos all the time, even if you are experienced. So being able to embrace the idea or the concept that you are not always going to be good at taking photos, but you can still take photos regardless, like good photos regardless, is is important, I think. It's, it's really important to embrace that and to be okay with it. Yeah. What camera type do you use? At the moment, I've got two Nikon cameras. I've got the D850 and the D810. And I've got a little magic 28mm lens that I use for my astrophotography. So that's a wide-angled lens. And I've got a 24-105mm and a 60 to 600 sports lens which um i absolutely love yeah and i've got two phantom pros fours uh drones um i just upgraded from the from one i'll probably give the other one either to one of my kids to have a play around with and um yeah just the tripod and the the timer the shutter remote that i use for astrophotography very cool. And where can people find you on social media? Ah, uh, uh, just Anne Britton Photography. Basically, I'm on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. I find Twitter isn't all that photo friendly. LinkedIn is, there's a few groups on LinkedIn that I think would be really helpful for some people. But LinkedIn, I think it's a bit better now, but I found with LinkedIn, it changed the colour of your photos. It, it was hideous. It was just not right. So for photography purposes, Instagram and Facebook basically, and I, I do a Wednesday wisdom, which isn't a photo. It's just um, I find words of wisdom and I put them up. So they go on my Twitter and my LinkedIn account. So the platforms of making conversations with photography, I find Facebook and Instagram, those two I find like exchanging conversation with people that the majority of them are photographers. So having that conversation, talking about Outback Australia, talking about cattle industry, talking about what's happening out here, the weather and the the channel country is just absolutely amazing and how the water systems work and the rivers flow and all that sort of stuff. It's so that connecting to people and from my perspective of where I live, they can also give their perspective and I can learn from them as well, which is, I find, interesting. 
it's exciting and that you have these opportunities to have different kinds of conversations on different platforms. I think that's also something that's worth discussing because every photographer has their own preferences and their own personality. Some people like having conversations in a specific way. Others just want to share images. So it's really nice that there are different options. And thank you for summarizing some of those platforms. It's uh, very eye-opening. And LinkedIn definitely has potential, I think, for photographers as well. But when it comes to color change, that's that's strange. I don't think it does it as badly as what it used to. I gave up on LinkedIn for posting photos for a while and I did try back and it doesn't seem to be as bad. So I, it's most likely just not the platform for that sort of like um, Facebook and Instagram is, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, before social media, uh, taking photos it's why I sort of basically started my website and started a blog because I wanted to, the photos to tell a story so that was before social media came along so my blog is out there as well on my website so telling a story uh, using photos basically make sure to share all the links to your work in the description so check out Anne's work and and I have one more question for you, and that is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? That's a very good question. I thought about it for a while. I think it's just the fact I would love people just to take photos. I think that's that's really important. But I would love people, if they could, just to come and experience my world for themselves, like the daytime and the nighttime. If they live in Australia, everybody just gets so busy and so caught up and they think, oh, my gosh, you know, it's such a long way away. And, like, I'm 1,700 kilometres from Brisbane, which is the capital city of my state. But in all perspective, it's it's everybody's back. If you live on the coastline of Australia, it's everybody's back door. It's in the back and it's got so much history and it's just something to experience. It's just different. And the wide open spaces and the big skies and the night skies and it's it's just magical. Like if it's a, if you live in Australia, it's something, it's your backyard. If you and basically, if you want to, if you want to visit Australia, it's just it's a magical place. Like I suppose I feel so connected to it as well, and I just urge people. You know, I want them to feel that connection as well. The the outback. It's it's an amazing. There's some amazing. Pardon me. Places in the world to see and visit, and I and I envisioning that I will visit those places in the world it's just that I'd love people to visit my world basically and see it for themselves because it is a very special place in the world to to see and if I if my photography entices people to visit and see it for themselves I think that would be very special. Well, I think that you photograph your world very beautifully and I, for one, would love to visit your part of the world and, and experience it for myself. And I want to thank you for photographing your surroundings so authentically and sort of for being so passionate about photography. I think it's really beautiful and touching to hear stories like yours where someone really loves what they do and it wants other people to also enjoy the process of taking photos. 
And I really look forward to seeing all the photos you take in the future. And I wish you the very best with your journey. Thank you so much for asking me. I've really, really enjoyed this. And I feel privileged to be able to speak to you and where your podcasts go. It's it's a it's a thrill, really. It's it's a wonderful experience to make the connection to share the photography. It's it's lovely. Thank you so much. Thank you too. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really enjoyed speaking with Anne and I love how passionate she is about photography and giving people the inspiration they need to take more photos in their lives. No matter what kind of equipment you use, no matter where you are, even if you're in a very small town, there are probably lots of opportunities around you to get creative and to embrace your inner artist. If you have any questions for Anne, or if you just want to share your thoughts on these episodes with us, make sure to join our online photography community. There's a link to it in the description. Thank you once again, and I'll see you next week. Our photography community wouldn't be what it is without its amazing members. We're working on many exciting projects and have lots of great perks waiting to be discovered by you. For a small monthly fee, you'll receive all kinds of perks. If you join as an extraordinary member, you'll get an ad-free experience, access to every subforum, access to our 52-week project, the ability to connect with all of our members, and more. As a Limitless member, you'll get all of the perks that I just mentioned and access to all of our premium courses and Lightroom presets. This is the perfect opportunity for anybody who wants to elevate their skills without paying thousands of dollars for courses. We're sure that you'll love being a part of our community if you're a fan of this podcast. In addition to meeting new people, you'll learn something new about photography every day which will help you improve quickly. It's also much more fun to take photographs when you have a group of amazing photographers supporting you. Go to photographycourse.net to find out more and to get 50% off your first year as a member. We can't wait to see you in our community. And again, just as a reminder, go to photographycourse.net slash join to claim your discount with the code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD. We can't wait to see you there. There's a simple reason why photographycourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.